Nugent Hopkins to Barry. A shot double deflected home. Connor McDavid, the high slot tip. Now McDavid breaks free right-hand side to the net. Wrist shot score. David Kara and Archibald over the line. It's Kara with a wrist shot. And that might have glanced off the blocker of Markstrom. Meanwhile, Lucic went down in a heap. McDavid broke free out from behind the net. Wrist shot score. There's the hat trick. His second this year. So, Oil Country, how do you like your flames? How about burned? Courtesy Connor McDavid. Natural hat trick tonight, two assists, and the Oilers rout the Flames 7-1 at Rogers Place. The Oilers have won three straight. They have won nine of their last 11. They are now 12-8 and on the season. It's 11:06. Thanks for joining us. Heartland 4 overtime open line along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Well, we will start with the star of the game and the star of the league. Uh, I mean, five points tonight in the first 28 minutes and 12 seconds. And it was effortless. It was, there, there's nights that you feel like, oh, something big is happening tonight. And just because it, it was just an explosion of, of talent, of plays, of, of magic. Tonight it was just workmanlike. It just, all right, I got the puck. Okay, no one's open. I'm going to put it in the net. I'm going to look, look, look. I'm not looking at the goalie because I'm trying to find someone to pass to, no one to pass to. I'm just going to put it past the goalie. I mean, Markstrom's had a fantastic start to his Calgary Flame career, and, and he had no answer tonight for Connor McDavid, and neither did the Calgary Flames. Connor was flying. He was creating. He was uh, making things out of nothing. Uh, it, was, it was fun to watch. And the only downside of Connor's night was the fact that the game was out of hand so early that really took Connor out of the game the last half. Uh, it went, once it gets 5-6-7-1, uh, you know, players don't want to rub it in. You don't double shift. There was power plays in the in the third where the, the Oilers had their third and fourth lines on the ice. I mean, the five points easy could have, easily could have been seven or eight without even a, an effort from him tonight. That's how good he was. Uh, it was a, a masterful performance from, from Connor McDavid. And I know I don't want to get into his head and, and, and guess... Uh, what he was thinking, but I have a hunch. The fact that Matthews has had back-to-back four-point games, there's a lot of stuff being written about. He's having an MVP-type season. I was on radio in Toronto, I think it was yesterday, and they were asking, well, is, can you start considering Matthews as the MVP now? Is, is, is he with up there with Connor? I mean, so people are talking about it. Connor's last few games, they, the production wasn't there like you were used to. So it's just, I, I think it was a statement game for Connor McDavid tonight. He's coming out and saying, you know what? Yeah, this is still my show until uh, someone else can prove otherwise, and I'm going to prove why tonight, and he was outstanding. 7-1, the Oilers win. That means the Japanese Village goal light is on on 630Ched.com. You can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village restaurants. Thrilled to serve you again for dine-in and take-out. Complete details at jvedmonton.ca. We turn that on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. Slater Cuckoo did not return to the game. He only played 14 seconds tonight. He got hit in the neutral zone by Sam Bennett. That was an interference penalty. I realize Bennett has been having a tough season. He's had his ice time reduced. There's been the trade request. I just saw the replay. The puck was actually yep. closer to yep. Cuckoo than I thought it was at the time. But nonetheless, he, I think he took a risk by trying to levy an aggressive hit. We know you don't always get away with those in the NHL these days. And then, you know, it's 2-1. And Michael Backlund, who I think is a really smart player, 
tackles Gaetan Haas. And, and quite frankly, that tackle might now be a penalty in pro football because it was up, <laughs> oh, around, it was up around the head. Would. So, you know, I know we wind up here with a, with a 7-1 game, but a couple of key moments when the game is close where I thought the Flames took silly penalties. Yeah. You know what, the, the Bennett one I don't find as bad. He's going through a player, uh, and the puck was around it. Was it a penalty? Yeah, okay, the referee called it, and fine. The backland one was stupid, because at that point, the Flames had fought back. It was 2 nothing for the Edmonton Oilers early, and it looked like the route could be on, and the Calgary Flames, a very fragile team right now, actually responded. They, they came on, they got better once they got down two, and they score a goal, and they're pushing, putting pressure, and Koskinen's having to make two, three, four big saves in a row. And then Backlund, uh, the puck was by them to start with, so all eyes are there. And you're right, he grabs him around the neck and pulls him back and throws him to the ground. J- just stupid. We said it after the, the period, that is a stupid, selfish play. Now, would that have been made the difference in the hockey game? I don't know, but all of a sudden it goes to 3-1, and now the Calgary Flames, who are struggling right now scoring goals, uh, are in a big hole. So uh, a dumb play, a selfish play by a leader on this team. He's an assistant captain, and I agree. I, I'm a fan of Backlund. I, I, I've liked what he's done over the years, but it just shows you what is going wrong with this team. There's, it's, this does not look like the same Calgary Flame team that we've seen in the past. And it's more or less the same players, same leaders, uh, same talent that they've had. They have not been anywhere close to what we have seen. Uh, And so does something change player-wise? Does something change coach-wise? I don't know, but tonight was a a beating by the Edmonton Oilers in a a big weekend for the Calgary Flames that came out of it with zero points and only two goals scored. Nugent Hopkins gets two goals and an assist. The Oilers get seven tonight, so that means a $700 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous, courtesy James H. Brown and Associates Serious Injury Lawyers. They're giving $100 for every Oilers goal throughout the season. Man, it's now up to $7,000. Miko Koskinen gets the win, his seventh win of the season. He made 43 saves tonight, Rob, and 18 of them in the first period when, when the Oilers were outplayed, even though they yep. got out of it with a 3-1 lead. Well, w- w- the beginning of the season when the Oilers got off to the slow start and Koskin was overused and not no fault of his own or the coaching staff, that was their only option. The one thing that we kept talking about is it's not weak goals being scored. It's the fact that they weren't getting big saves at big moments. And in the first period, the Oilers did score three goals, but were outplayed for for stretches of that period, outshot almost two to one in the period, and Koskinen came up with big save after big save. There was a couple that you're thinking, oh, I can't believe he got a piece of that one. That, I mean, that was a screenshot. It was a tip shot. It was going. He was going one way. The puck was going the other. But he always seemed to find a way to just push it out of harm's way. So, uh, an an excellent game for Koskinen. And then the hope for the Edmonton Oilers this year was to have two goaltenders play more or less equal throughout the year, giving each other a break when they need it by only having to play a couple games in a row, then getting a bit of a rest, and then challenging each other and having to compete against each other. And we weren't able to see that because Mike Smith got hurt early. But since he's come back, you, you can see the, the difference. Koskinen is rested. And a big man, when he gets his rest, he's showing what he's capable of doing. So the Oilers are now getting quality goaltending for a long stretch of games and in those stretch of games they're nine and two so this is a, a nice run that the Oilers are on 
And the, the cool thing is they keep playing these little series. And if you want to be, if you want to win a division, you got to sweep some series. If you want to play a, a number of series, if you want to be a playoff team, you got to sweep every once in a while. Well, the others just sweep this one. They got an opportunity against the Canucks to put a nail in the Canucks season as well as propel the Oilers back up into it, hopefully a race with the Toronto Maple Leafs for the division lead. So the Oilers win 7-1 tonight, and they are now 12-8. Man, they were 3-9, or 3-6, and six, yep. pardon me, nine games in just over three weeks ago. So they've certainly turned it around. All right, we're going to bring you plenty of post-game reaction tonight. You can also get us on the certified hotline, 780-496. So, pardon me, the CertainTeed hotline. CertainTeed professional-grade building materials, pro all the way, 780-496-0063. We have a couple guys standing by there, but let's go down courtesy mattress superstore give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life take the sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress here's ryan nugent hopkins just wanted to ask you a question about the uh second goal that connor scored tonight i noticed you were on the ice i was just curious with with how that play was going uh what was what did you see from your your vantage point were you expecting him to make a pass on that play where you're expecting to get the pass back. I just wanted to know what you saw on that, that play. The, that the kind of two-on-one where he, uh, he stole it from the D-man there? Yeah, he stole it from the D-man and went up the wing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I was just driving the net. Um, uh, obviously, he pulls up like that. He's, uh, he's stick handling so fast. I think uh, for the goalie, it's, it's, it's almost impossible for them to, to make a read on that. And then <clears throat> before you know it, he's just, uh, he's putting it right between their pads. So, um, not many guys can uh, stop up, stick handle like that, and uh, still put it exactly where he wants to do. So um, I just kind of drove the net as a decoy there. You've seen lots of great Connor McDavid nights. Us writers, we're running out of words, Ryan. Uh, what about you? Can you help us at all? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's the same as uh, it's the same for us in the room. It's uh, um, even though you see it on a, a daily basis, it's uh, <clears throat> it's. You almost forget sometimes uh, how how impressive he is, and he has a night like this, and it's just like he's he's on a different level. Um, like I said, he he right from the start, you could just see it in his eyes. You could uh, see in the way he was playing, um, and I mean he was just solid. He was solid defensively too, and he, he just kind of pushed the pace for us, and um, and we followed along. So I mean, when you're <clears throat> when you're captain, when your leader's doing that, uh, it's not hard for the rest of the team to, to step up and have a good game. Yeah, there's Ryan Nugent Hopkins, which with a good answer though, obviously he said hey we're still amazed in the room it's not like they're sitting there saying like oh yeah we told connor to do that he's just <laughs> he's well just going out there to execute and he had a really good analysis on the goal that it was the one where connor came in on a two-on-one and it wasn't quite a two-on-one rnh was trying to jump up in the play but connor did stop so now he stops and as as ryan was talking he was moving his hands back he's stick handling really really fast well the goaltender's trying to watch that and every time a player moves his stick a little bit the goalie f flinches because okay here's the shot no here's the shot no here's and he's going it so quick so quick so now the goalie is frozen he can't move his feet either way and when connor eventually shoots the puck it snapped off so quickly it was the goalie doesn't know okay is this where the shot comes is this where it comes and it's because it was the exact same motion his stick handling was the same motion he made when he shot the puck so that's why markstrom i mean if it doesn't hit markstrom it's in because markstrom has no chance to move because he is frozen, his feet are stuck in spot in their own spot. He has no way to go down into the butterfly or anything, and McDavid just picked him apart. You can't give a player like Connor McDavid, who is the best offensive player in the world by far, you can't give him time and space. He stood there 
and must have seemed like an eternity for Markstrom. He's like, is, is there anybody coming back? Please. But if Connor that much time, and Connor gets to pick where he wants to shoot, Connor's going to score every time. Well, I've, that's what I've really noticed about McDavid and some of the other great shooters in the NHL. I mean, we saw Kyle Connor here earlier this week. Matthews obviously is on a tear. They they can score with with no windup, and like mm-hmm. you said, with no difference to their posture, puck positioning, hand positioning on their stick than when they're stick handling or or passing. I mean, some players you see them coming down the wing or handling the puck. And some th- most it, players, most, most players, players. You, yep. you can even tell. I know they're still incredible hockey players, but yep. you, can, you can even tell. And we're lucky to watch them up top here. But you can even tell, you know, that half second before they they shoot, you can see like, oh, he always puts the puck there when it's a shot. Oh no, he's he must be going to pass because he's put the puck a mm-hmm. little further forward in his stance. And that's what goalies and defensemen are reading when a player is coming down. They're reading what your stick's doing. Okay, is he opening it up? Okay, it's going. He's passing. Okay, if he's turning it this way, well, that means he's going short side. Or he's going far side. The great players have the exact same movement. And they've got five or six different options from that movement. I remember Mario used to do the same thing when he would shoot from the face-off circle. At the end of every practice, he'd put the backup goalie in the net and he'd put 10 pucks out. And he'd shoot 10 pucks, all wrist shots, wrist shot, snap shots. And he would pick top shelf, low, up, low. And he would score 8 of 10 every time. And I used to mock, it was Frankie Pietrangelo. I used to mock him. He said, I can't believe you're sucking up to Mario. Letting him do that. He goes, he goes honest to God, Brownie, I, standing there, I have no idea where the puck is going. It's off his stick so quickly, and it's the exact same movement every time. And that's with, with McDavid, uh, a Matthews, uh, a Nathan McKinnon. They, their stick, they, they're so strong with wrist shots and snapshots now that they don't need much move. It's just a little flick, and it's gone, and they're hitting their spot. And if you give them time... The goalie has absolutely no chance, and that's what we saw with Markstrom tonight. All right, the Oilers win it 7-1 over the Flames. We'll get to some of your phone calls when we get back on the CertainTeed Hotline. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You'll also hear from tonight's first star, Connor McDavid. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Oilers have won nine of their last 11. They whipped the Flames 7-1 tonight at Rogers Place. Connor McDavid, three goals, two assists. As we check the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options, head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. They're playing outdoors, the game that started this afternoon. Long first intermission, really long first intermission. Now there's 12 minutes left in the third. Avalanche up 2-1 on the Golden Knights. Sabres beat the Devils 3-2. Rangers over the Caps 4-1. Wings edge the Panthers 2-1. Los Angeles knocks off Arizona 4-2. Sharks win 5-4 over the Blues. Penguins hop by the Islanders 3-2. Predators with a 4-2 win in Columbus. The Maple Leafs are 14-3-2. 5-3 win in Montreal. Matthews, two goals. He's up to 18. Hurricanes blank the Lightning 4-zip. The Wild down the Ducks 5-1. The Oilers farm team wins 3-0 over the Henderson Silver Knights. That is Vegas's farm team. McLeod, Lenstrom, and Marodi with goals in the third period. Skinner with a 
22 save shutout stats aren't quite official on that one yet but uh, the box score I'm looking at has it as a 22 save shutout so good weekend for the Condors they get a couple of wins all right on the certainteed hotline we have Brandon standing by Brandon thank you for calling sir go ahead how are you guys doing good so two things number one what are you seeing different from Koskinen since Mike Smith came back because he seems to play better with Smith on the bench and two as a as a former player do you, you know you obviously had agitators on other teams that you played against do they do you guys sit down as a group I think the Oilers sat down and talked like okay let's not fall for Kachuk's antics tonight because I find when they don't fall for his antics they play better uh, to answer your first question, the biggest difference with Koskinen and Smith on the bench is rest. Koskinen's gotten rest and Smith's came back. I think Koskinen was tired. He was fatigued from playing so much. And now that he's getting rest, you're starting to see a much better goalie. As for the players and the coaching staff, absolutely, they talked in the dressing room. Say, you know what, don't let them, let, just let them do, be, don't get involved with them. An agitator wants attention. They want your attention. If you ignore them, it drives them crazy. And I thought the Oilers did a great job with that today. Yeah, I think with Koskinen, the things I watch for are finding pucks and the movement side to side. And, I mean, clearly he had that really bad game earlier in the season against the Habs where he was constantly looking for the puck, but on it on it tonight. And, yeah, the post-to-post movement, I, I find when he's off his game, he's sliding too far mm-hmm. or, or sliding too late, and he looked pretty, pretty in control tonight for sure. Oilers win 7-1. 7-1 tonight over the Calgary Flames. By the way, we're also looking for someone to finish the play at 780-496-0063. We have Steve standing by as well. Steve, good to hear from you, buddy. Go ahead. Gentlemen, gentlemen, absolutely fantastic how when we get amazing goaltending, your superstars can light it up. So tonight I'm going to make my first prediction in 14 years. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. If we can get goaltending from Koskinen like this on a regular basis, the Oilers will be in the Stanley Cup final. All that right, I'm, is I'm, how important the goaltending is, and the game tonight was absolutely outstanding. Thank you for a good show. Oh, Steve, I'll listen hang to on, your comment. Hang on, oh, Steve. What? Do you know? About, <laughs> I don't know if you ever listen to that show I host some weeknights called Inside Sports. Do you know my rule about predictions? No, I don't. What is it? That if if someone is right, you are you're to call in the day after you're right, and you will okay. be celebrated and applauded and be made a duke. We'll give you some land north of Athabasca. You can have a game farm, and then. But if you are wrong, that phone call never happened. Just the tape is lost. We we didn't we don't know. We don't think it was ever said. Sound fair? I look forward. I look forward to making the call. All right. Thank you, Steve. Take care. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big call right there. But, I mean, what he's more or less saying is goaltending is quite important. And the early in the season, the Oilers were not getting great goaltending over the last 11 games. Uh, in 10 of those 11 games, the Oilers have gotten outstanding goaltending. So uh, the, this is what Ken Holland had envisioned when he started the year with having Smith and Koskinen share the net and be able to give them quality starts. And it took a while for that to happen with the Smith injury, but since he's come back, the Oilers have got the quality starts that they need. Yeah. I mean, that's the crazy thing about hockey. There's really two sports. There's hockey, and then there's goaltending. 
I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's two different <laughs> it's well, two different games. Well, it, one. It, that's it's one thing. Like I've I've gone to Vegas a few times in my life, and I go down with buddies. They we've got to bet on hockey tonight, and I'm like, well, the problem with hockey is the better team doesn't always win in hockey games because yeah. one team uh, could outshoot a team 50 to 20, but their goalie wasn't as good as the other and all of a sudden your team yeah you picked the team that was the better team but the other goaltender beat you and you see that all the time in the national hockey league goaltending is everything everything uh and to right now you're seeing an oiler team that uh, they've got the stars they got the power play they've got depth scoring now they've got guys making big strides on the back end like darnell nurse was outstanding in tonight's game played 33 minutes uh, and he's had a fantastic start to the season. So all these other pieces are coming into place. And now over the last little while since Mike Smith's come back, the goaltending has been better, giving them a chance to win hockey games. And you're starting to see what they're capable of doing. Now you just hope the goaltending continues the way it has been. Somebody asking on the text line if the Oilers are uh, tied with Toronto for most goals in the league. They are with 72. I usually... Well, I'll look at both the raw total and the goals for per game. Mm-hmm. The Leafs do lead that with 3.79. Carolina is second with 3.69. And then Edmonton and Tampa Bay both have 3.6 goals per game. Now, the the thing for the Oilers, and they're slowly bringing it down, of those four teams I mentioned, they're the only one allowing over three goals per game. But, again, that has been coming down uh, recently, which is good to see. 7-1, the Oilers win it tonight. 780-496-0063 is the Certainty Hotline. We have Robert standing by. Hi, Robert. Go ahead. Hey, Reed. Hey, Rob. How you guys doing? Good, man. What's going on? Uh, well, I mean, you know what? Tonight, that was, you know, honestly, after, uh, uh, you know, uh, after watching last night's game and it seeing... Uh, it being a tight checking 2-1 game with the Oilers locking it down and some people calling it dull while well you know they're up 2-1 and they didn't they didn't really try and extend the lead well you know what tonight you know and after on Bob Stoffer had been saying no oh, there's going to be a stretch Connor's going to break out and he's going to score 12 points in three in three games well well tonight and in, in just one game he Connor pretty much got halfway there he got five and then Dreisaitl tonight just quietly gets two assists. Nuge, two goals and an assist. And you know what? The, they, the boys were the boys were flying tonight. And Koskinen, solid. You know what? I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I, you, I look at the shot clock and say, oh, you know, yeah, we gave up 44 shots. So, I mean, yeah, maybe the, maybe, maybe the defense wasn't great but you know i thought i honestly thought out of the out of the out of the 44 shots i mean Cal- calgary didn't get a didn't get a ton of high high quality slash danger chances yeah appreciate it robert you're gonna finish the play tonight as well buddy you already have a hungry herd premium sampler box hungry herd top quality meats delivered right to your door at everyday low prices alberta owned and operated here we go and they are going to fight right at center ice. Sam Bennett frustrated by that initial penalty, and he'll go right after Chujar Kara and land short with a right hook. Kara strings him out, lands a right to the body, and then a chopping right to the ear. Kara, another big right hand. Bennett short with a right hand. Eats another right. Kara lands a left hook. It's all J.J. Kara. He muscles Bennett to the ice. Big fight for Jujar Kara. All right, Robert, that's Jujar Kara's second fight of the season. Who was his first fight against? Was it Borea Salming or Austin Watson? 
Austin Watson. It was. He did not go back in time and fight Boris no. Salming, or we didn't bring an elderly Boris Salming to the rink tonight. Boris to was tough, Jujar though. Care. He was, Boris was, he was tough. actually an outstanding defenseman. Oh, he was a great and defenseman. I, I, I'm not making fun of him because he was awesome. It's just for, I started using his name <laughs> earlier in the season, so I'm going to keep throwing it in there. Robert's name is going into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics. That's courtesy PF Custom Countertop. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at PF Custom countertops.com Oilers win it 7-1 tonight Mike is writing in he says oh he has a question for Rob Brown specifically for you okie dokie which one player do you wish you could have played with either former or current I've always wanted to know this with your sniping ability you never give yourself enough credit <laughs> for um well I mean there's so someone a you lot. didn't play with Pastor Presley you well, can't say Mario because you played with him well, I, well, my favorite players to watch, I, I love playing, watching Pavel Datsuk play. I, I would love to have had the opportunity to play with Sidney Crosby. And on this team here, I'm not going to say, say Connor because I couldn't keep up to him. So it would be an absolute waste <laughs> for me to be on the ice with him. He'd be screaming at me to hurry up. So Leon Dreisel, I would say. I want guys that can pass the puck and they can. So Connor would be an easy one. But, yeah, no, he's way too fast for me. I wouldn't even want to practice with him. It would just kill me. I'd have a heart attack. Brown, get out there. Nope, nope, I'll stay on the bench. Let Connor go out with somebody else. That's funny. Carson says, does Gaetan Haas remind you of Todd Marchant? Fantastic, fantastic skater. Plays smart with energy, suited perfectly to the bottom six and penalty kill. Uh, oh, I never thought of that. Never thought of it now that you say uh, yeah, it. I'd yeah, still like bit. to see. I thought I thought Haas, Haas had another good game. I, I, I he looks fine. He understands his role. Um, I was giggling at him though because the fourth line got a power play opportunity late in the game, and he did a behind the back pass. He did like one of the Ryan Nugent Hopkins behind the back passes to the defenseman. That's very confident for a fourth line guy to come out on the ice and get a little fancy. But uh, he's he's been given an opportunity, and uh, after a tough start, having you know the. COVID and starting uh, behind everybody else. They all get into the games and he's still in quarantine and all that and he's come back and he's looked good. So good on him. The, the one thing that's been nice about the others this year, they have used their taxi squad and almost... Uh, I don't know, 80%, 90% of the time, the guys that have come in off the, ta off the taxi squad have been good. They, they've used it well, and the players with the compete level that they've had for the guys not playing, when those guys get in the opportunity, they've been, they've been good. So the depth of the Oilers this year is, is much better. You think about it, on their fourth line, they got Chase on and Neal. Both guys were first-line players at one point last year. Both guys had had chances playing with uh, Connor McDavid, and now they're there on the fourth line. That's a pretty experienced fourth line. All right, Oilers win it 7-1, the star of the evening, natural hat trick, five points, courtesy Mattress Superstore. Here's Connor McDavid. Connor, we'll start with sort of the, the, the team angle on it. You guys get back-to-back -back wins against the Flames, and, and just how important is that and, and big for you guys to do that? Yeah, it's so important. Um... You know, like Miko was saying, I mean, they're four-point nights every every game, and um, you know, to to be able to win both uh, and in regulation is is big for us. Um, but I mean, it's still early on in the year. There's lots of hockey left, and um, you know, we're playing well, but we uh, need to keep winning games. Everybody has has good days at work and mediocre days at work. When when you're having a night like you are tonight, Connor, is it? Like, can you really feel a difference in, in the hands or in the way things are going? Where do you notice it the most when you're really feeling it like this? 
Um, you know, that's a good question. Um, you, know, you have some nights where puck just goes in for you and, and you don't feel all that good. And, and uh, you have nights where you feel amazing and it just doesn't go. So, um, you know, hockey's a, a crazy game like that. Uh, you know, it felt good tonight. Went in for me. Um, but I thought our team, uh, our team played really well. You'd had the two-on-one where you stripped that puck from Hannafin, and you—you the amazing thing for normal people like us is you—you never looked at the puck, you never looked at the net, you had your eyes on Nugent Hopkins the whole time, and you shot the puck without even looking at the net, and I think you went five-hole. I don't know what to ask you. Like, how do you do that? I don't know. I think uh, I don't want to give away too many of my secrets, but, you know, two-on-ones uh, haven't necessarily been my friend this year. Um, you know, I'm looking to pass, and I've made a couple of mistakes on those, so um, I'm just looking to to make it a, a little bit easier and just shoot it at the net, and, um, and obviously uh, five-hole is a good shot, uh, I, I think, but, um, you know, I think it was it was fortunate to go in. Jason Greger, TSN 1260. Uh, Connor, can you talk about your team's commitment to defense uh, during this uh, winning streak? You guys are obviously pumping in a ton of goals from everywhere, but you, you've really been able to, in the wins anyway, uh, limit it. And just talk about kind of how that switched after the first nine games of the year where you were really struggling defensively. What's changed? I mean, we've always focused on on, on playing defensive. I think uh, you know our first nine didn't necessarily show that, but... It's a point of, of emphasis for our, for our group. Um, you know, we talk about it almost every day. So, um, you know, I think we've done obviously a better job, and I think our goalies have played well. Um, our defense are, are doing a good job clearing pucks. I think our PK has gotten better, which helps a lot. Um, you know, I think there's lots of things that go into it, but you know, overall, I think uh, everyone's buying in. Connor, I wanted to ask about obviously scoring three power play goals today, and when you're playing a team like Calgary that likes to try and get under your skin and they maybe chip you a little bit. Um, how important is it to, to convert on those power play opportunities? And that, that's probably the best way to, to combat that chippiness or that stuff that they do maybe away from the whistles. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think uh, it's a form of team toughness for sure. Um, you know, if you want to play that type of game, then, then you know, we can throw our power play out there. And, and, uh, and you know, we, we not every night, but, uh, you know, some nights we, we uh, you know, can turn the game. So I thought... You know, our, our PP did a great job, especially early on, and um, you know, really helped us out tonight. All right, that is Connor McDavid leads the way. The Oilers pound the Calgary Flames 7-1. You'll also hear from Dave Tippett. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Final damage tonight at Rogers Place. Edmonton Oilers 7, Calgary Flames 1. Edmonton has won three in a row. They are now 12-8 and eight on the year. They've won nine of their last 11 some of the other stats tonight besides McDavid getting three goals and two assists. Nugent Hopkins, two goals and an assist. Two assists each for Nurse and Dreisaitl. Nurse plays 33-38. The Oilers basically played with five defensemen because Slater Cuckoo got hurt on his first shift of the game. McDavid, Barry, and Archibald with three shots on goals each. Uh, shots on goal each. Archibald and Chason uh, had the other two goals for the Oilers. Flames actually were much better in the faceoff circle tonight at uh, 58%, but did not help them too much. Miko Koskinen gets 43 saves for the victory. Pretty good outing for him. 780-496-0063. We have Rob standing by. Rob, you're on with Rob and Reed. Go ahead. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. 
Good to talk to you again. It's been a while. Uh, tonight's game, the hit on Yamamoto. Should that guy be suspended? Oh, the uh, hit from behind? Uh, oh. I, I don't yeah. think he'll be suspended, no. I, to me, it, it, it turned out worse because he ran into the, I think it was Buddy Robinson. He ran into another, and he looked like he got his neck jammed going into the other player. It wasn't, I don't think it was into the boards that where he got hurt. I think it was the fact that he went into another player and just, I know we used to call them stingers when we got them. It just, he got contorted the wrong way. Hopefully it's nothing major and it's just a stinger. But no, I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll be a suspension. And how about Bennett's hit? Bennett's oh, hit? Cuckoo? I don't think that. Head. Uh, I, I, I don't, I, I haven't seen a replay of it other than the very first one. When I saw it live, I didn't think it was a suspension. I thought it was probably a penalty, but I didn't think it was suspension. They, I mean, they, they will look at it. Everything gets looked well, at. they'll look at it. For Everything, sure. Whenever a player leaves with an injury, it'll be looked at. That's what I was concerned. Just the way his elbow came through after the hit, so I'm not sure if it was an elbow or the shoulder that was initial contact. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point, Rob. When, when I saw it again, I, I I didn't think the initial contact was the head, and that's often what they look at. He, I think he probably clipped the head, but I, I think they'll look at it. And because there was, especially since there, because there was an injury, and he left. Yep. Yeah, so that's a good question, though, Rob, for sure. Would you like to see that enforced differently than it is? Take that. Uh the hitting from behind right out of it. As soon as that happens, that's a penalty automatically, no matter what it is. No, you're absolutely somebody's right. Gonna, somebody's going to get hurt. No, I, 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 I agree. Know, the, league, the league just doesn't seem to want to really enforce that one. Well, they'll enforce, they'll, they'll enforce a guy, put the stick parallel to a guy, not even really touch him and get a call. So. Well, I, I agree. I think I, I think the, the league, when they see them, I think they do a better job at calling or making suspensions or fines for when things that have happened previously and the refs have missed it. But I do think that there's too many penalties that are called for uh, ticky-tack instead of things that are much yeah. more serious. I think that's a problem with the NHL and has been forever. Thanks, Rob. Good to hear from you, man. Great. Thanks, guys. Take care. Okay, uh, we got Tippett coming up here in a couple minutes, but let's quickly bring uh, Rob, uh, Rocket in on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Rocket, go ahead, man. Hey, I was just curious. Now that we've, uh, I was curious about your thought on now that we've gone back to back against the Flames, and you look at the games in hand, and you look at the Oilers' schedule. And if they go back-to-back against Vancouver, how much pressure do you think that puts on both of those organizations um, when, you know, they could clearly be the bottom three after we go 2-0 against the Canucks? Well, <laughs> they got to do it first. But obviously, obviously Vancouver is having... Uh, I mean, even if Vancouver goes 2-0 against Edmonton, they're, they're still having a tough year and got some ground to make up. Uh, you know, I've seen some of the stuff about, uh, you know, Jim Benning being criticized and all that. We'll, we'll see. Cal- Calgary is curious to me because I thought they'd be better. Yeah, I agree. And they're 8-9-1. They're, they're not out of it, but they've, they've lost a little bit of ground here. Like we said last night, they have two games in hand on Edmonton, but they're seven points behind. Um, yeah, it, it, I mean, but now you you start hearing, and you know, I've heard it from Flames fans. Without Markstrom, where are the Flames? Well, uh, even Johnny Goudreau came out and said that yeah. the only player that can actually look look in the mirror right now and said they've been good and, and throughout this 
start of the year has been Markstrom. Uh, there's been grumblings. They've had to have players-only meetings. So when there's things, when the stuff's coming out of the dressing room where, where the team's not playing up to their potential, I mean, and they, they've looked uninspired at times, you start to wonder is you know as a coaching change in the in the making yeah the, the problem is this year you you can't get too far behind because once you start falling behind four or five teams those every time that those teams play one of them is winning so the teams that you're chasing one of them is always winning every single night so it's hard to make up that type of ground uh, I don't and the, but I was talking I had some buddies talking back and forth today and they were asking you know does Calgary make a coaching change problem with making a coaching change now if you don't hire a coach out of Canada, you got to wait two weeks for him to quarantine. Yeah, that's a good point. So, so if you decide, okay, we want to make a coaching change, well, but the guys in the States, now, do we fire our coach and wait two weeks, or do we bring this guy up and just not tell anybody for two weeks, but over those two weeks, what if the team starts playing better? Yeah. It's just something they've never, ever had to worry about before, but there's something, and, and Jack and Bob referenced it, there's something off with the Calgary Flames right now. There, there really is. That is a team. They scored two goals in the two games. They got beat uh, quite handily tonight. It just did not look like the same Calgary te- Flames team. And it just, I, I expected more from Calgary. I really did. They've got some good players, but it's not there right now. That's our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com/hockey. I will though remind everybody of this. Calgary has not played Ottawa. Yep, true, absolutely. And uh, now I'm not saying everybody just automatically beats Ottawa, but, but they do have four wins in 19 games. Well, the Oilers, the Oilers season turned around when they started playing Ottawa. <laughs> they got it four wins. Yep, yeah, absolutely, sure. it did. So, so keep keep that in mind. They true. got some games against true. Ottawa coming up. All right, let's go back downstairs one more time. Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. Dave, two pretty important wins for your team, but obviously in very different fashions. Can you maybe just yeah. take us through the, these two? And I imagine you're just real happy to have four points. Yeah, I mean, you you know, you're going into we talk about every game being a playoff style game, especially with uh, uh, Calgary. You know, there's a, there's a rivalry there, and we uh, we knew we were going to have to play well both games if we could get points out of it. Last last night we uh, was a tight game. Tonight. Uh, our power play came through and got us a lead, and uh, we were able to extend it a little bit. So it was uh, it was good four points. And now we get a day day of rest tomorrow, and we'll have a good practice Monday and get ready for next week. When McDavid has a night like he did tonight, and he kind of shifts it into a different gear, what are some of the things you notice? Um, how do you describe, I guess, what you're seeing and in, in what he's able to do when he does that? Uh, I don't know. There's just some nights the puck seems to follow him around, and when he when he has the puck, great things happen. So that was that was a little bit of the case tonight. Jason Greger, TSN 1260. Dave, you you talked about early on this year that the commitment to defense that was basically the whole message in the off season, and you maybe didn't have the results you wanted early, but really here in the last three weeks, uh, for the most part, uh, you've really had a better commitment what, what is it just commitment or is it decision making what are you seeing that's leading to better overall team defense there's a, there's a couple things our goaltending has been better here lately with the two guys uh, you look at our save percentage is uh, is much higher the last couple of weeks um, you're we're finally starting to get you know there's 
a little bit of rhythm in your lineup. You know, you got some injuries now, but you got some some rhythm in your lineup where you're figuring out what people can do for you. And you know, your team just as the season goes on, especially this year, no exhibition. You know, your your team has to grow. And there's you know, early in the year, there's lots of video, there's lots of growing to do. And uh, I give our guys a ton of credit. They've they've uh, embraced how you know how we want to play as a team. We've tried to uh, make sure we're trying to maximize our personnel and, you know, they're turning into some results. But like I said, like I said the last few days, we, we've found some results, but there's still, there's more growth in this. Like we, we're going to, we're going to have to do, keep climbing the ladder here. And, um, you know, there's just parts of our game that, that can continue to improve if we want to become the team we really want to be. Uh, Cuckoo's play didn't look good. He looked in discomfort right away. And then uh, Yamamoto uh, didn't return yeah. for the third period either. Uh, any update on either I one? Haven't, uh, Ken and I are going to meet with the doctors here in about 15 minutes to go through everything, so I haven't got an update yet. Derek Van Dees, Post Media. Dave, when it comes to Connor, is there something, do you get a sense maybe during the day or before the game that... that He's just feeling it. He's going to have a big night. Is there any, any, does he have a tell, I guess, in that sense? I don't know. You know, he's, he's so good every night. So I, I think there's some nights that, uh, you know, like I just mentioned that puck seems to fall him around. He's around it a lot. And he, he just, when he's got it, he makes great plays. He can make stuff happen. And, you know, there's some nights that, um, it goes in for him. That's the one thing that was different tonight. You know, he's he's been getting lots of chances, and nothing going in the net for him. So he uh, he capitalized on chances tonight, and you know, ends up looking like he had a better game. But he gets those kind of chances every night. Jim Matheson, Post Media. Uh, Darnell Nurse, 30 minutes last night, 33 minutes tonight. 33 minutes for a defenseman is junior minutes. You can get your way through a game. 33 minutes. Uh, and an NHL game is pretty impressive, would you say? Especially on a back-to-back when he played yeah. 30 last night. But you lose Cuckoo. Cuckoo played 14 seconds in the game. So you lose yeah. Cuckoo early there. you got a young player in Bouchard. So you're, you know, you, you get, there's lots of, lots of things to cover off in the game, especially when you're killing penalties. So, hey, Nursey, Nursey's an unbelievable athlete. He, I was bugging him today. He was... Uh, he was getting some work done on his legs, and I said, just make sure there's another 30 in there tonight, and obviously there was. Uh, and just one last one on Connor. When Gretzky played, he always paid attention to how Mario Lemieux was playing across the country. Uh, do you think Connor pays any attention to how Austin Matthews is doing, racking up those goals? That's a better question for Connor. I'm not sure. All right, that is Dave Tippett as the Oilers win 7-1 over the Flames. And you heard him there, no updates on Slater Cuckoo, who left very early in the game, and uh, no update on Kyler Yamamoto, who wasn't around for the third period. Hopefully they are okay. The Oilers will be off tomorrow back at practice on Monday. And then their next game is Tuesday at the Vancouver Canucks. That's our next broadcast here on 6.30, Chad. The face-off show will be at 6. The game will start at 8. Get more on this one on 6.30Ched.com and globalnews.ca as the Oilers cruise past the Flames 7-1. We've been coming to you from the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. Thanks to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer, back at 630 Ched, and thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place.
On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Have a great night.